So we want to take a moment and we have a prayer. Seems like this week the Lord has really been showing me uh, about children and how children in our society are really being uh, mistreated. Uh, I mean, some of them are terribly mistreated, but for some reason that's come to my attention a lot this week. And uh, this morning we have a report of a, a two-year-old child that was abducted last night <clears throat> in, South, in South Carolina by a 29-year-old person, man. And we just wanted to ask the Lord to intervene in this situation. So, Father, right now we pray uh, in this situation specifically for this for this little baby that's been stolen from her parents or his parents. And we're asking you, Lord, to capture uh, that person who has stolen that baby and that baby would be brought home safely. We're asking you that specifically in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we pray uh, just for the children in this nation that are ones that are being aborted and the ones who are being sexually abused just treat it awfully, Lord. We're asking you, Lord, uh, we confess that's a sin of our nation, Lord, is the way we treat the young ones. I ask you, Lord, this morning to intervene, Lord Jesus. Intervene for these children, Lord. And Lord, somehow, even as you love the children and you laid your hands on them and blessed them, I pray that the body of Christ in America would begin to bless the children, Lord. That we would truly bless them, Lord. And we're asking the first blessing that you would there be a tide, the thing would turn. We pray that people who molest children would be captured. We pray that, they, that people who abuse children that would be it would be stopped, Lord. We pray that parents that are that don't love their children, don't care for them, Lord, that you would intervene, Lord. This is such a tragedy, Lord. In our fallen nation, Lord, we, we ask you for the children. In Jesus' name, amen. So, amen. Lord, thank you. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about this morning from, from Ephesians a little bit, from the book of Ephesians. And Before I start, I want to just sort of remind you, I think I may have shared this before about the book of Ephesians, is it is, of all of the Apostle Paul's letters... It is the only book, letter that he wrote that where he was not addressing a problem or a heresy. It was Paul's heart for the body of Christ. That's really what the book's all about. He's communicating his heart about what the body of Christ, what Christianity is really supposed to look like, and what the church is supposed to look like, and what we have in Christ. One of the phrases that he uses is, in him, in Christ, and it's a profoundly spiritual book, honestly. It is a very profoundly spiritual book. But it's also profoundly practical. He talks about husband-wife relationships. He talks about parent-child relationship. He talks about employer-employee relationship. He talks about how to deal with, with the enemy. Walk in love, walk in unity, walk in light, walk in wisdom. Just real practical, you know, how to put one foot in front of the other is practical, but yet at the same time it's profoundly spiritual. And uh, it begins in Ephesians 1, verse 3. And I want to just read, let's just read that this morning. Uh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Good job, Brian. This is just the beginning here. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing 
in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, I just want to point out to you that word has. Everybody say has. I think every person wants to be blessed. If you don't want to be blessed, let's cut your head off and put another one on there because you need a new brain. We all want to be blessed. We all need to be blessed. But according to what Paul was saying here, we are already blessed in Christ. And that's really what, what this book's about. It's about our blessing that God has given us in Christ. And he says, uh, and he uses the term in the heavenly places, in Christ, or in Him is another phrase. They all mean the same thing. It all means in Christ. It all means in the heavenly. The heavenly places is Christ. It's who, and Paul's saying that's where our blessing lies, is in Christ. It's in the heavenly realm. Then he goes on in verse uh, 11. I'm skipping a whole bunch here of really, I mean, I was reading it. The Lord woke me up, just wouldn't let me sleep last night. I was reading uh, the first eight verses of Ephesians, and literally I feel like my brain was on overload reading. Like, my goodness, there's so much packed in eight verses. It's incredible. So much for us that God has for us. I mean, it's just, I couldn't even absorb it. But, but here's what Paul says. In him we also have, everybody say have. Have attained. In other words, it's, in a, in a, it's an already done deal. It's not something that's going to happen. We have an attained an inheritance. And that's really what God wants us to see this morning. That those spiritual blessings that are in Christ, in the heavenly places, they are already ours. They are our inheritance. We already have them you see what I'm saying? It's not something we've got, to, we've got to strive to get. It's got something for the future. It's for now. It's for today. Uh, predestined. Everybody say predestined. Predestined. Good Presbyterians, right? That's, Presbyterians are big into predestination. I don't know why they're stuck with that thing. That you know, A lot of people believe in predestination. You know, Everybody wants a destiny, right? We all feel like we've got this destiny. Well, there's a predestiny. Okay? There's something that happened before... And God had decided something before anything else. He decided a destiny for each one of us. Predestined us according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. God has a purpose, a destiny for every Christian. It's that blessing. It's, it's that blessing that's in the heavenly realm. That he's already, it's already been set aside for you. It's already been given to you in the heavenly realm. And, God, and then He jumps down and Paul begins to pray in verse 18. Uh, there's this prayer. So you see what he's trying to do. He's trying to, what Paul's trying to do here, he's trying to say that we have a spiritual blessing in Christ, in the heavenly place. He said, we have it. It's already given to us. And then he, he talks a little bit about it in verse 11. That this, it has something to do with our personal destiny. It has something to do with, for us on a very personal level. It's not just a real objective thing. It's a very subjective thing. And then he, he, he slams into this prayer. He clicks into a prayer to pray and to tell us what God has for us on this earth today, right now. So he prays, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That's revelation. He's praying, listen, you guys need revelation. I'm praying that God would give you revelation about this thing that he has for you, that you may know. And he talks about three things. First of all, he talks about that you may know what the hope of your calling, the hope that he's called you to. In other words, God has given every Christian a calling. Everybody has a calling. Everybody. It's not just specific people or special people. And what Paul is saying, this is part of your blessing. This is part of your inheritance. And apart from, your, from, apart from you walking in your calling, you will never 
be a happy person. You will never be a person who, who knows I am where God wants me. I am doing what God has called me to do with my life. Your calling is essential for, to you. you. It is an essential part of your life. Never, never dismiss your calling. Never pay, don't pay, you know, give it a, a second place in your life. Give it a primary place in your life. Because that is God's inheritance. That is God's blessing for you. You know, and you've got to... And that's one of the reasons why Paul addresses, opens a lot of his books, uh, you know, where he says, I'm called to be an apostle. He was, he was assured of his calling. He spoke his calling. And it released authority for him to be able to walk in it because he was so sure of it. So you've got to really realize this morning, you have an inheritance. And part of your inheritance, part of your blessing is your calling. And it would behoove you to really begin to see your calling as, as being something that's important to God, it's important to you. You will never be happy. Your spiritual life will never be what it's supposed to be apart from your calling. It just, it's just your life is designed that way. And we must make our calling an important part of our life. Then he goes on and says, uh, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. In other words, God has a glorious, I'm talking, a glorious inheritance for us. We're talking about, for every one of us, we have, and Andy sang about one of those glorious inheritances this morning. Forgiveness. It's one of the, it's part of our inheritance that we are forgiven and we will be forgiven if we will humble ourselves. And there's so much that God has done for us. We have such an inheritance and many of us don't realize how glorious it is. We don't, we take things for granted. And some of us don't even know what God has given us. We don't even know our inheritance. I mean, forgiveness is a pretty significant thing. You know? It really is. Another thing that the Bible has given us, a thing called union with Christ. That's just part of our inheritance. I talked to you a little bit about last week. That we, have, we, are, we are one with Jesus Christ. And He is one. With, he has totally identified Himself with us. It's, it's a free gift of God. It's part of our inheritance. And God wants us to walk in. The gospel has given us much inheritance. And, and that is really the thing that God wants us to have. He wants us to pursue these things. And he, he, what he's saying is they're already yours. You do not have to do a lot to get them. You don't, you don't have to be religious to get them. You don't have to read the Bible to get them. Paul has just prayed. I pray that you'd see what these things are. He's saying you've got to see it. You've got to have a revelation. You've got to see your calling so you can get it. You've got to see your inheritance so you can get it. And this is the truth. I think probably many people in this room would have a hard time listing many of the things that God has freely given us in Christ. A lot of people don't really know what the inheritance that the gospel is given. We just don't, we don't think about it. We don't realize it, so we're missing. You know, one of the things that the Bible says is that we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's pretty profound when you think about it, that we are God's righteousness on this earth. That's something God has given us and done for us. We don't have to be righteous and make ourselves righteous. We're righteous because He's made us righteous. And there's many things like that that many of us really are not really tapping into. And then the third thing is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us. Um, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe according to the work of His mighty power? In other words, God really is asking and, and, and saying to us is, I have created you to be people who have supernatural power. Now, that's the Bible. You know, we really need to see, look at our lives, look at the life of Christ, and say, Christ healed the sick. I should heal the sick. 
Christ raised the dead. I should raise the dead. Christ walked on the water. I should walk on the water. Christ uh, spoke to the storm. I should walk. And I know a lot of people don't believe that this morning. Okay? You see, what's happened is, is we, we are, uh, we're under this unbelief anointing in America. That's what it's, There's an unbelief anointing. And so we don't believe the things that Jesus says, as, 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 I, as He is, so are we in this world. That's what the Bible says. As He is, so are we in this world. And God's called us to live a supernatural life. He's called us to live in power. And, and those are the things that are freely given to us by God. And God so sincerely wants us to have those things. Are you with me this morning? That's our inheritance. That is the power. It's our calling. Those are the blessings that are in Christ in the heavenly places. That, and as Christians, they're rightfully ours. If, if, some, if there was a bank account somewhere and there was $10 million in it, that was freely, it was given to you. It was your inheritance. And all you had to do was go and claim it. Would you go and claim it? And I mean, seriously, would you? I mean, heck yeah, on. If I knew that right now, I think well, this is what I'd do. Okay, we're done. I've got to get to the bank. Because there's $10 million in the bank for me, and I'm going to get my $10 million. I mean, you'd be crazy not to. Well, we are much more crazy. See, it's like this. God has this huge account with our name on it. And we're not accessing it. We're not like, well, I'm going for that. We're, we're messed up. We're messed up. And the reason we're messed up is not we haven't tapped into that account. Well, I wanted to share another prayer of Paul's this morning. And, uh, and I think this can help you tap into your account. Okay? It's another prayer. It's in Philemon, and it's verse 6. Philemon 1, verse 6. Is everybody with me this morning? Uh, I wanted to read a little quote here. Um, this was, you know, Matthew was talking about Heidi Baker. Well, I heard her husband speak back in March, and he said, I wrote down a few things I thought was really good. Uh, one thing he said, he said, God is sovereign, okay? He's in total control. If that is true in your life, you don't have to worry about anything. That's pretty good, isn't it? Isn't that a blessing? That we really don't have to worry about anything if God's in total control of your life. That is part of the blessing in Christ. He's, he's sovereign. Um, another thing he said I thought was really good, uh, you know, they have a pretty, you know, significant ministry over there. And this is what he said about their ministry. Uh, everything we're doing is a divine gift from God. Everything we're doing is a divine gift from God. We did nothing to get to walk in this. We did nothing to get to walk in this. It was God's plan. It was God's plan. We just walked into His plan. In other words, He was saying, this is what God had for us. We believed it and stepped into it. And that's really how God expects us to live our Christian life. They have somehow accessed this account, this thing that God had for them. So, Philemon verse 6. All right, now this verse, there's two ways of looking at this verse, okay? And both ways are right, Okay? So I want, to, I want to give you the first way. It's what I knew for years. This is one of the earlier things that God gave me as a Christian. Uh, and he's talking about, let's just read it. It says, that the sharing of your faith, okay, now let me just explain what sharing your faith means. It means evangelism, for one thing. That the sharing of your faith, okay, being an evangelist, sharing, sharing your faith. Or it can mean uh, encouraging other Christians, other believers. Just sharing what God's done in your life, sharing the things that God's done in your life. Okay, that's what it means. So I don't really want to make it audience 
specific. It can be unsaved people or it can be saved people or it can be backslidden people. But that's what he's talking about. He's talking about sharing your faith. He says that the sharing of your faith may become effective. Now, how, how many people would like their faith, the sharing of their faith to become effective? Okay? So he says this is the way it becomes effective, by the acknowledgement. Okay? And that word effective right there means energized. The sharing of your faith may become energized. Now, that's, that, all right, so who in here needs some energy? You feel like, man, I need some energy to share my faith. I don't have energy for it. Well, that's what he said. This is how it can become energized, by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Every good thing. When you begin to acknowledge the things that are in you in Christ, it will automatically energize you to share your faith. You will have energy. And when you have energy, that means there's going to be passion in your life. You're going to have a passion to share what's in you. It's not going to be like some kind of thing, well, I've got to go out here and witness to somebody, or I've got to make, go share, you know, I've got to encourage Andy Squires because he's, you know. It's not going to be a God of you. There's going to be something in you. There's going to be an energy in you. There's going to be a life in you that wants to, to speak it and wants to release it. It's not. It's just going to come because there's going to be energy. Have you ever watched a little kid? You know, I was watching my granddaughter last night, and she for just for such a long time she just was going everywhere, running everywhere, searching out, looking and opening things, opening books, grabbing paper right out. She had all this energy, and she was just passionate about exploring and looking and discovering. Nobody had to tell her to do that. It was in her. But Christians, you know, we have become sort of dead to sharing our faith. We need to be energized. We need that, you know, that thing to come into us. You know, that bunny energizer battery beating the thing. We need that, the thing to come. And that energy is actually talking about the same energy. It's called the resurrection energy. It's the same energy when Christ was raised from the dead. When he, when he was dead and He was raised, it's that same energy. It's resurrection energy that's in us. And, and we can begin to access that and, 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 and activate that energy in us by telling the truth about ourselves. Because here's the problem. You know, we live in a world that tells us all kinds of stuff about ourselves. There's not a person in here this morning that have, doesn't have some issues about themselves. That there's something telling you something about yourself that's, that's, that's a negative thing. And, and so everywhere you go, and most of the time when you go to church, you hear negative stuff about yourself. You know? Everywhere you go, and see, what we've got to do is quit all that stuff. You know, the church needs to be the first to quit. We're thinking we're speaking the truth in love. I mean, we're just beating people down. We're not speaking the truth in love. We're just adding the same junk that's already on people. And what God wants to do is begin to speak truth to a person. There is a place to speak truth in love to a person. There's a place to admonish and correct people. But it's, it needs to really be the Lord doing it, not us. Not just because we don't like that person or we think that person's a jerk. You know, there's a place for all that. And, and when the Lord does it, it's good. When the Lord speaks to your heart and says something to you like, you know, you're just being difficult or you're being hard to get, that's one thing when the Lord says it. It's another thing when, when the devil says it or the world says it. One of them brings life, one brings condemnation. You see what I'm saying? But what we've got to see, you see, we live under this thing of negative. And what God wants to do is for us to begin to acknowledge the good in us, begin to acknowledge the Christ in us. And when we begin to do that, it's going to energize us spiritually. It really is. 
Your life is not a woe is me life. But see, a lot of people consider their life to be woe is me. They really do. And what God wants to do is, no, your life is not woe is me. If you begin to look at your life the way I look at it, you're going to start seeing some things. And, and a lot of people, their reason is almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. They keep saying this negative stuff over and over, and their lives really become what they keep speaking over themselves. We need to speak life over ourselves. And here's what's going to happen. This is really true. I found this out. When I begin to speak life over myself and see myself the way God sees me, I begin to see people, other people the way God sees them. I begin to speak life towards them instead of looking at it. If I'm critical of myself and down on myself, when I look at other people, I'm critical and down on them. Because human beings have this thing called the crab mentality. Y'all know what the crab mentality is? You put a bunch of crabs in a, in a, in a pot, one of them starts crawling out, guess what the other ones do? They pull them back down. They won't let them get out. And so that's what we constantly do with each other, is we keep pulling each other down. Because we feel so pulled down ourselves, and the only way we can prop up our pulled down feeling self is pull down the next person, keep them down there where we feel like we're at. Do you see that? And you see that God really wants to change that. And Paul was saying, you need to, you need, what, you, what you need to do, you need to start seeing the real you. You need to start acknowledging the good in you. And when you do that, it's going to release spiritual energy into your life. And you're going to begin to share your faith. Because who, if you have a Christianity that's miserable, if you have a Christianity that hasn't done anything for you, why are you going to share it with anybody? You won't. You won't share it with anybody because you have a miserable Christianity. And why would you want to share it? I'm going to get you in on my club. It's the beat, beat me, keep me, whip me, stomp me club. I'm not sharing that for nobody. You know? But if I have a Christianity that says this is really the, this is divine, this is wonderful, people need this. They they're going to enjoy this. This is a great thing to tell people about. So we have to begin to acknowledge that to ourselves. That's what he said there. It'll become energized. All right, that's you know Jeremiah thirty three three, calling to me. All right, the next <laughs> that's going down one way on this verse. Now I want to take it back to you the other way. Okay. And this is the NIV. And both of these, if you go back and try to study, I'm no Greek expert, but if you study, it works both ways. Okay? It works both ways. So the first, the, I gave you that one was the New King James Version. Uh, this is the uh, NIV version. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. In other words, what, what, what the, way this, the way it comes at you like this is if you will share your faith, it opens you up to receive revelation. In other words, what do you want? What is your calling? Do you know? I really don't know. How am I going to find out? If I have these spiritual blessings, how will I know them? Share your faith. As you begin to share your faith, it opens up a spiritual door for you. I read a, a, a testimony by R.T. Kendall. Y'all know who R.T. Kendall is? With R.T. Kendall's dream. I love R.T. Kendall because he looks like my daddy. <laughs> so when I see anything he says, I'm like, this guy looks like my daddy. You know, his thing was this. His dream was to be a theologian. That was his dream for his life. I want to be a theologian. So he goes to all the schools that it takes to be a theologian, becomes a pastor of a great church over in England, and just pursued this 
this theological perspective. I mean, just really had a passion for it. And one day the Lord spoke to him and said this to him. You really want to be a theologian? I'll tell you how to do it. Okay? Philemon, verse 6. And he read it. And this is what he said. That has nothing to do with being a theologian. But he decided, I'm going to, I'm going to obey the Lord. I'm going to start sharing. He became an evangelist. He, he didn't quit being a pastor. He just started sharing the gospel with people. And he said when he did, somehow he started getting all this revelation in the Word that was incredible. He said, I got so much revelation, I couldn't write enough books. I knew more about theology than I ever knew in my entire life. Now, that's, you may have zero interest in being a theologian, but you may have another interest. You may want to be a prophet or a prophetic person. Or, you, you, you know, you may want to be like this anointed business person. Well, here's why, how you do it. Start sharing your faith, and revelation will come so that you'll have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. See, when I shared with you what Paul said, we're already blessed with every spiritual blessing. We already have an inheritance. And he said, I pray you'd see that. And then he jumps over here in Philemon and says, Okay, Philemon, I'm going to tell you how to do it. I've prayed it. Just start sharing your faith, man. Become evangelistic. Reach out to other people. Speak what those good things that God's done in you to other people. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to walk into whatever you desire in your life spiritually. We want a lot of things. We want our destiny to be fulfilled. We want to know what our purpose is. We want to know all these things. And this is what Paul's saying. This will work. If you really want that, do this, and this will happen. You hear what I'm saying to you this morning? Do this, this will happen. I think a lot of people in this room here are spiritual people. You really want something from the Lord. You know, you want to see into the spiritual world. You want these things. Well, here's a practical way of getting them. This is practical. This is real. Okay? Now, however it works for you, that's the key. You don't have to put it in some context that doesn't work for you. However it works for you, just start sharing your faith with people and then the thing that you want the thing that you're hungering after spiritually is going to come I don't think I'll be honest with you you know I don't think Jesus would ever heal one soul not one soul apart from sharing his faith with him sharing who you know sharing the good news with him because all his healings came in that context I'm the good news I'm the way you know (laughs) hey you know this is part of the good news is getting healed you see what I'm saying to you this morning, y'all ain't saying much. So what I wanted to do is, number one, is, is I want to ask you this question. First application. Those in this room who really feel like, I don't really have any passion or energy to share my faith, raise your hands. I'd like for you to come up. So we, what we're going to do is we're going to pray for you this morning and ask the Lord to break off in you. That's the first thing I want to do is break off stuff off in you, lies off in you that's keeping you down. And then ask the Lord just to release that energy that's in you for sharing your faith. Okay, so y'all want to come up right now because we really want to pray for you that you'll get a passion in your heart, you'll get energy in your heart to share. And that's through the acknowledgement. That's the first thing we want to do.